Welcome to Proofing and Lies. This is a social science podcast about current events and delicious recipes. I'm Elle Rochford, a PhD candidate in sociology at Purdue University. I'm Andrew Shriver. I'm a public defender in Northeast Ohio. Each episode, we'll sift through the flour and the facts, bringing you tasty recipes and interesting topics. We're talking with Gracie Martin about the music industry, about being a performer, and also about self-care during the pandemic. So on theme, we decided to do a little bit of self-care cakes. So we worked out a recipe for exactly two cupcakes so that we could have our own little break. So tell us what you've got in front of you. I've got a little little, uh, raspberry cupcake. It's got some white chocolate shards on top and a nice cute little um, Haribo raspberry guy sitting on top of there. So I, way back when, did a, a wedding cake, actually, that was lemon and raspberry. And so I had leftover raspberry extract. And I found a recipe for two vanilla cupcakes that I adapted to make into raspberry because I like raspberry. Yeah. Uh, the white chocolate shards were going to be white chocolate butterflies. Mm. Uh, but I had some issues and they didn't peel off and they cracked. And so instead of tossing the whole thing, I decided to break them up even more and turn them into almost like little like shards or petals around the little candied berries. It looks delicious. I'm excited. I put them in little teacups because, again, in the pandemic, uh, we didn't have cupcake liners. So I pressed foil down into the cupcake tin. Yes. Um, to use as the liner so we can peel that off now and actually that works really well so if you are ever out of cupcake liners you can press in either um, uh, parchment paper or foil and that'll create a really nice liner for you so you don't have to pour them straight into the tin you can pour them straight into the tin if you grease maybe grease and flour the tin there's no law against it Exactly. It's just a harder cleanup. So let's see. It's going to take a bite. Mm. That's delicious. Yay. So for single cake recipes, the weird part is the ratios. Because in a normal cake, you might have two eggs. But if you divide a cake down, you can't really use a fraction of an egg. So this cake recipe used a whole egg white. Mm. So without the yolk, um, and then some of the other things pair down differently. So there are like mug cake recipes you can find too. So if you're in a pandemic, you can't share food. You don't want to make a whole cake for your household. There are single serve or two or three serving recipes that work really well. So it's a lot about experimentation. I'm excited about the little shards. Those came out nicely. I mean, it's just white chocolate, so... Part of the episode today is we're talking to Gracie Martin and we talk a little bit about mental health and finding joy and creativity in the pandemic. And I think it is good to note that like, it's okay to take time and just like make something just for you, make something fun and silly. This is like a hot pink cupcake, Mm -hmm. which is pretty fun. Yeah. Oh, they're delicious. Mm. So... When we uh, when we come back, we'll be with Gracie Martin. Uh, thank you all, as always, for listening, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, follow us on Instagram. We will post some pictures of our delightfully pink cupcakes. Yes, here she is, Gracie Martin. Hey, hi. We're here with Gracie Martin of Gracie and the So Beautiful. So I actually, hello, hi. So I'm actually just Gracie Martin. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, all right. Well, well then we. Can, I guess that's a great place to start the conversation off with yeah I forget these things that I like have decided so much like my on my own that that I haven't actually truly like meaningfully announced it on like all of my platforms and stuff but yeah yeah so my next song that I'm gonna put out is gonna be my first song that's gonna be like it's just gonna be Gracie Martin it's not gonna be Gracie Martin and the So Beautifuls and it doesn't mean that much other than, like, I, you know, am not pr- 
pretending like I'm in a band anymore. Like I really did. Yeah. I really did have a band for a while, but like that was a really long time ago and like nothing, uh, you know, I know that the way that my life is going and the way that I'm being kind of transient and stuff like doesn't really support having like a sturdy, like cast of characters that can like always be with me at a show. So it's like, for a while I was like, oh, maybe that's just like Gracie Martin and So Beautiful is like the name of the project and stuff. And then I don't know, last year, it was the, the publicist that I've been working with. She just was like, I think you, you're, you can just be Gracie Martin and you at least try it out and stuff. So back, cause my original EP was under just Gracie Martin and then I picked up Gracie Martin, the So Beautifuls and now I'm back <laughs> to just <laughs> Gracie Martin and it, it feels totally ridiculous, but also very right, very correct for where I'm at right now, especially with the whole like, yeah, everything I'm doing is a solo project because like every everything is a solo project right now because right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I was gonna say, so I think the first time we met is I was on a small leg of your tour. And so what I know of you is is traveling and different venues. And I think you had a couple different accompanists then. Yeah. So what is what is it like now to to be a performer and in a pandemic it's it's strange at first i mean oh boy it's gone through a lot of different phases of like what it feels like at first um i simultaneously like i kind of um I, like a lot of other people and a lot of other artists, I definitely like was just about to do something like really cool. Like I was about to go on another little mini tour by myself and record some stuff in Dallas. And I had like an uh, unofficial thing at South by Southwest that I was going to do. And I was just really excited to like experience South by Southwest in general. Like I just kind of was like, no, 2020 is the year that even if I can't book something, I'm going to go to South by Southwest. And that was like the first big thing that got really canceled. That was like, oh, this, yeah. is real. this, this is, this is really, really real. And so it was like, okay, I'm not doing that. But a little part of me that's like kind of a little bit of a demon is like, was a little like, oh, well, you procrastinated a bunch of planning for that tour anyway. So like, oh, it's yeah. nice to have the break and like, <laughs> you know, being on the road is really exhausting. So it was like a little bit like, mm, you know, maybe it's nice to be able to just hang out and like chill and <laughs> not have responsibilities. Yeah. And then I've gone in and out of a lot of different things. Um, my family and I, we started a, like my fam, my parents, I lived with my parents and we had two housemates at the beginning of the pandemic. One of them's moved out since then, but we made like a little quarantine, like cover band together because my mom learned to play cello like a couple years ago. Oh. Uh, no, no, a couple, this is her second year of learning to play the cello. And mm -hmm. um, my dad plays piano and bass and our housemates, one played guitar and one plays ukulele. And so we just like played covers and stuff, we little porch concerts and stuff. And yeah, and at first I was really like digging into my like homeschooling roots of like, I just want to like boo boo boo, just kind of like branch off into a bunch of cute little projects and like be just creative for no reason. Cause that's, oh, that's my favorite thing. Like, you know, being an artist outside of the pandemic was getting a little like I was definitely struggling and just starting to I think I was just starting to really sort of get back into like a good feeling about this but I was struggling like ever since I put my first EP to like have a healthy balance between external stuff that I'm doing because I need to like be my own like manager and boss and like CEO of my small business that is my art but like, you know, still having the time to like, just be on my own and be an artist and not like have to worry about a million things. Yeah. And you know, that's kind of the trade off of like, 
deciding like I'm not just gonna play my songs in my room anymore I'm gonna like try and you know put it out there and make me and like do something else with it that's external it's like you kind of lose that like inner sanctuary of like I just come back here to like play songs and write them because it makes me feel good it's like you know this is a whole thing and like a whole project and everything so it was kind of nice to be able to just kind of play around with things and like make some covers and make some silly and I made a little you know making like podcasts and weird podcast art and stuff for that I was doing that for a little while and then when all of the George Floyd stuff started happening I definitely started feeling like I don't know, like, I'm not even sure if I really want to be putting anything out right now. Like, I'm not sure if I have anything important to add to the conversation that I think that we should all be focusing on right now, other than like, you know, sharing information from other people and like donating money and things like that. Um, I was kind of planning on putting out this soundtrack for this like theater project that I did in 2019, early 2020. And then that theater, like, really pissed me off. <laughs> I was going to ask about this, because I remember, so you, for a time, were based in Philly, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh. then you are involved in, like, some of the kind of political goings on there. And I, I saw um, some... I, I, would, I wouldn't really say that I'm involved with them. I definitely, like, read about them a lot and try to stay up to date about it. I definitely was, like certainly not like oh and you know, I haven't been there for a while so I definitely like only know secondhand stuff about like all of the insane scary like happens like because of like Philly police and like Proud Boys Philadelphia yeah I'm definitely knowing that from afar but but yeah but knowing people who are there and experiencing it stuff inside more inside look than people who don't have their entire Facebook feed of like people individually, you know, totally. Right. Well, and I saw that something was happening with the theater there, right? Yeah. Well, so there's tons of theaters in Philadelphia. It's like, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I, I hesitate to say a whole lot of things about it, but there was this one theater that I worked with and I made this, you know, body of work that was for this play that they did and I like you know a lot of people are involved I'm definitely still going to release this soundtrack but I was planning on releasing it in the summer but there they they came out with this um they came with came out with this announcement about how they were like making this globe seating arrangement to like make going to the theater like safe make make audiences feel safe to go in the theater again I'm using crazy air quotes right now um, and I I I was really pissed off by that and a lot of people I know were really pissed off by that and you know different people were definitely more involved with like political happenings and like trying to change things with the art institutions in Philly were you know talking about that a lot of different like conversations around the Philly theater community and how it needs to change just like all theater communities all like art communities <laughs> really need to change. But yeah, it definitely like made me kind of double, like I already was being like, I'm not sure what I really want to be releasing right now. And then I was like, whoa, I really don't want to just put out this piece of music that like is going to seem like I'm kind of signing off on their actions and um, giving them free publicity and and, you know, kind of fodder to like, be like look over there instead of like taking accountability for the fact that they like made this really irresponsible press release in a global pandemic that it's just like you know the thing about being an artist during a pandemic that I have been feeling a lot is that it's like yes I agree that art is important and like that's what's getting us through the pandemic is like reading and watching and like consuming things but also like artists made by people guys and you like there can't be any more art if everybody's dead like I'm laughing but it's like it's it's, it feels so stupid that I it has to come down to that that I have to like remind people that it's like no we just we don't want people to die we don't want people to be sick we don't want people to be financially ruined because 
you thought it was cute to like have theater happen. And you know, and I understand that a lot of the theaters are trying not to be financially ruined, da, 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 all of that, but it's just like, it's, it literally yeah. is life or death. And well, it's, I, it's, oh, sorry. Oh, no, you go, you go. Yeah, it's, it's the same as any like bar or restaurant, right? Like I don't want them, I love the bars that I go to, believe me, but you know, and I don't want them to close either, but like, you don't, you won't have anybody to serve drinks to if everybody's dead. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> And it's just like, yeah, you can't, you can't pretend to be this establishment that is key to, that cares about a community. <laughs> like you can't be like, oh, we want to continue serving our community and making a meeting place for our community. It's like, if you obviously don't care about the community, you just, you don't, because if you cared yeah. about the community, you'd want to protect them and you want to create a safe environment. So yeah, I'm definitely still going to put out this music, but that was definitely a big, like, you know, I kind of think I need to step back and like shut up and, you know, listen and just not take up space with like the creative output that I, that I, you know, had planned to put out this year. It just didn't seem like the super necessary, you know? Well, that's what I, I, um, I want to kind of go back to something you were talking about about um as far as like doing little side projects and stuff like that um and just the beginning of the pandemic sort of feeling like a break um in one sense because i felt the same way right like everything that i do at work is generally very hectic and, and and very stressful and so you know part of this is privilege obviously but like at, at the beginning of the pandemic it kind of felt like okay that's you know this is scary but this is kind of nice in a sense, there's a chance to chill. And like, we were all, do everybody was doing it, right? Everybody was kind of in day it of I called it, like, there was the snow day. Right, yes, that's period. exactly it what it felt like. Like, ooh, yay, I don't have to go. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we got an excuse to not go anywhere. You got to skip out on, you know, like, work things and social gathering yeah. things that you probably didn't want to go to. There was a wedding that I wasn't really looking forward to. Yeah. But, um, Hopefully they don't listen. Mm, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but there's, um, and then it just, there was a turn, and it was around the George Floyd protest, yeah. I feel like, because I think that's also when all the reopening started. Yeah. And all the, like, weirdos with guns yeah. started showing up everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, that all seemed to happen in, like, late, you know, late May. It, it all broke that like month and a half or so of like kind of good feelings right yeah like yeah. shattered yeah and it just was like chaos because it was like oh like everything's really really bad <laughs> everything's like unequivocally bad and on top of that the things that are supposed to be able to control that like the you know if you thought that the government could you know help you and control that it's like no obvious it's like it's going to make things worse. They're, they really are going to, like, escalate things and, like, make things more chaotic, more violent. Worse. Right, and that, I mean, it, and that's part of it, too, is, like, even in, like, April or whatever, when they when they did pass the only stimulus that they passed, right, there was a second where it was like, oh, fuck, even Republicans care about this? Yeah. Right, yeah. like, even Mitch McConnell's on board. And they got over it. <laughs> and well, then and they, they, and then suddenly half the country like, I don't know why I expected anything else. Of course, of course, you're going to get back to this feeling of, of course, of course, it was ultimately going to go to death cult. Of course, it was going to. We knew. We knew. Well, we knew. It, it is something like, um, like the Titanic, right? When a disaster is happening and it takes a while, you start to reform all your social relationships. Mm -hmm. And so hierarchies start back up and, and your old habits come back in because like it's, it's a slow dread. <laughs> and that, that, that that poor guy that you fell in love with you know that you have to go down and be with him and jump off of your lifeboat and <laughs> take the coat with the necklace in the pocket you know. right it's like we were all painting our french girls and then all of a sudden <laughs> and then the boat started going down yeah, yeah. And then you've got to go your, listen to your heart just such a wild turn yeah now yeah Right, there, you know, there are people who will like shoot you if you ask them to wear a mask or whatever. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, we were no, all was... watching Netflix and like tending to our succulents together for a while, and that was nice. That's the America like, I want to live in. People weren't like yeah. so many people just like never, never changed the way. I mean, no, the, the the way that they changed the way that they were living is that they just started getting mad about masks. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it is is not having the normal outlet that you used to deal with these things. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, I, I know for me, I was part of a really tight-knit community that like I knew they were really religious and conservative. That was not the way that we interacted. Like we interacted about other things. Yeah. And um, during the pandemic, it became really, really, really clear that they were borderline occult and that some of the differences you couldn't, you couldn't get past because we just fundamentally didn't believe the same things about reality. Yeah, yeah. So how do you create in an environment <laughs> like that? <laughs> um, I don't know, same way I create in any environment I've been in, I guess. I don't know. It depends, uh, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, it's not like I'm, I, I definitely, am not under the impression that I should be like writing about the pandemic in a like grand way like I'm very much dreading all of the art that's going to come out next year that's like directly about the pandemic and masks and stuff like that I think it's oh, gonna the be, movie's gonna be horrible yeah, yeah. I, I think the music too is gonna be cringy <laughs> I, think it's, I think we're gonna have some cringy things happen so, I mean, I'm, like, it's weird because I've delayed so many things. Like, um, I'm really, like, I am writing new stuff just kind of reflexively, like, you know, writing about, you know, big feelings that I'm having just just about me things, about personal me things <laughs> that are not universal topics. Um, and... And I've been just like planning like the album that I'm going to release next year and the song I'm going to release at the beginning of next year. And I've been working on this um, video project that's going to accompany the song that I'm putting out in the, middle, the beginning of next year. And that's been a really like weird creative process that's been like, so it's, it's a collaboration between me and um, this filmmaker in LA and we were gonna I was gonna go to LA in May so like because I'm I'm planning on moving out there and I was gonna look at apartments and film music video for the song I have coming out with Alan this this filmmaker this uh, videographer and obviously that didn't happen and so we decided to make a like remote project instead so cool. we've been working for like a long time like the whole summer and we're still in like planning preliminary stages of it and we're filming this like I don't know it's kind of a kind of a documentary but kind of not kind of just I see it as just kind of like lore like around the song like it's just kind of like things to because I can't go out and like tour the song and bring the song to people like I want people to be able to come into my house and like hang out in my quarantine house through these like accompanying videos to just like get more acquainted with the song and like the, the world of the song. And that's been very interesting because I've been feeling very like, for me personally, like <sighs> being put in this place where I am actually literally stuck like in my childhood home. I'm in my childhood bedroom right now. Um, with my my parents my family is like it's 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 like oh my god it's like freaking like not poetic justice it's like it's poetic irony i guess like it's just mm -hmm. like it's like it was literally 10 years ago that i left like mm -hmm. i was 18 when i when i went to college I, you know, it was Halloween recently and I like went through this really traumatic breakup on Halloween like that year. And it was like, wow, we can really like mourn and celebrate in the ground like this like 10 year ago, like heartbreak that like will always be with me and will always be a part of me. But like, 
really has this like it's I don't know it feels like this like crazy way crazy visualization of your life of being like wow this is a whole 10 years of my life I'm a whole 10 year of a person away from these things that felt like so like insurmountable at the time mm -hmm. and and just the growth and like seeing how far you can go like I'm <laughs> at the beginning of the year because I was with you on uh new year's yeah. And yeah. you're one of the last people I saw because we saw each other in February. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. But right. yeah, we, so I, I remember I was so, yeah, because winter camping and everything. Oh my God. My winter camping resolution was like, I want to like be kind of in the moment about like, I really want to, because I was like, I know my life is about to change because I'm about to make it change. I'm making all these moves. I'm doing all these things. And, you know, I know I'm ready for these challenges and everything, but I want to be able to hang on to this, like, groundedness of, like, I'm happy exactly where I am. I'm happy in my parents' house, the exact same place I was physically 10 years ago, because I know that I have grown so much, and I know that I've changed so much, and I've done so many things, and I have that power and that agency to keep doing that, and that that's great, and that I can, you know, instill good habits in my life and, like, cure my acid reflux. That's what I did this year. That was, like, one of my big things. I was, like, I need to cure my acid reflux. I can conquer the world. And I was really, like, bam, 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 I'm going to do it. And then the universe was, like, okay, bitch, you want to, like, be happy where you are? Like, you're going to be right here. You're going to be right here forever. <laughs> Long time. <laughs> Do you remember what my resolution was at winter camping? No, what was it? <laughs> Relax and have more fun. Hey! What's I mean... <laughs> and then immediately, immediately I got home and then two weeks later was the first lockdown. Oh my god, yep. Relax and have more fun by yourself. So relaxed. But then so it's like fun. such a challenge though, because it, it does yeah. start with like the way that you talk to yourself and it's like, oh no, but I want to be able to relax and have fun by distracting myself from me and all the things about myself that make me have a hard time with being nice to myself and having a good time. But then it's like, no, you have to be able to do it when it's lockdown too. And it's like, <laughs> Well, it is. I mean, it has hard. been interesting. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's been interesting trying to figure out how do you, how do you enjoy life and find joy when you're dealing with the politics going on right now, when you're dealing with a pandemic and lockdown, like how do you find time to be creative and have fun and be lighthearted? And it's, it's tough, especially when it gets dark at 4 p.m., Yo, that's so yeah. true. I definitely like, I feel like my initial coping mechanism was to like, okay, let's get goofy. Let's make paper mache. Let's go. Let's, let's make cute little videos and things like that. And then, and then more like recently, I've definitely like, you know, there've been like, it's, it's a little difficult to know if it's, just regular quarantine things or if it's your depression coming back yeah. and really mean like oh no yeah they can't even tell that it's me you know and, <laughs> and it, i had a is it, is it depression is it quarantine is it seasonal depression Who, yeah yeah which oh, one is it who knows it could be all right. yeah and right. i definitely struggling with a lot of that recently especially like you know i I plan to move to California, like from Rochester, because I was like, I can't handle another one of these Rochester winters. This time last year, I was in the middle of my like, I'm gonna drive from New York City to LA by myself to just kind of like get away from Rochester, not have to do the Rochester winter, just be by myself and like be on the road and room room, you know. And and like I really, I said, I think I said to Elsa like a bunch of times, I was like, if if I'm still in Rochester next year, like something bad happened. <laughs> and oh. it, did, it did, but not, not with me. I meant like with me, yeah. but something bad happened with everybody. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely been like a million Zen master challenges for mm -hmm. sure. Like that's kind of what it keeps coming back to. Like, you know, I, I really like, have become very appreciative and like um 
you know, just have kind of let go of judgment on myself for like, oh yeah, no, I need like an SSRI and a therapist. Like I do, I do need to like tend to myself in that way and make sure I, I'm supported in that way. Because, you know, I had a lot of crazy ass shit happen to me like earlier in my life. And part, part of that was that I was just raw dog in life. Like I just was like, like dealing with, with like life with the state that my like unmedicated like brain and like chemicals and everything was in like you know I just was way too overwhelmed by everything and being under quarantine has been really like oh okay yeah yeah okay all of these things about myself that I experienced for the first time in this bedroom that I'm in right now and I kind of just wrote off as like, oh, those are just like flaws about like my personality or who I am as a person and like things that I can get support for and that I can get help for that are like, you know, that other people experience too, that they're like these recognizable like depression and, you know, at, like I've been coming to terms with the fact that I'm like probably like on the ADD spectrum, like, you know, and it's been like, oh, oh, I'm not just like, forgetful and messy and lazy and bad you know I'm not just bad I like you know I'm just a person and like a human who experiences things that a lot of other humans experience oh yeah and like that's that like when I first started I first started like taking an SSRI when I first started putting music out like on Spotify and everything because I, that was kind of like the breaking point for me not being able to like, I don't know. I mean, it like it's, I could easily be like not being able to deal anymore, but it was like not being able to pretend like I could, I was dealing with everything because I never was. Yeah. And, and like, I remember I was having a really hard time at my day job and I came back after like seeing my doctor and being like, oh, I think I'm going to start to, you know, taking medication like for, for my anxiety because I'm like <laughs> freaking freaking out about everything and I think someone I was working with at my restaurant job was like welcome to the club <laughs> like it was that was yeah. the overwhelming response I got when I shared that with people and it really more than anything else just felt like I didn't have to carry this burden of this secret anymore the secret that I felt like ugh, like I couldn't handle shit like I like crazy that I felt like I was losing my mind all the time and then everyone else was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like me too. Right. <laughs> well, and I feel like we live we live in a culture that puts so much pressure on on everyone, but on young people. And like we also don't have great ways to talk about about anxiety. But I remember when I started grad school, one of the first questions, someone who later became a really good friend of mine, he's like, Oh yeah, like my name is is this and and I'm on this medication. What do they have you on? And I was like, oh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not on anything. He's like, well, you need to get on something for your anxiety. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't, I don't have anxiety. He's like, well, you just started grad school. So you're going to. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh okay. Oh, man. Wow. That's a, that's a healthier coping mechanism. I, or that's not even the right word. That's a healthier approach to it than I think I got in law school. Uh, well, it's like, of course you're sick to your stomach all the time. Like, there's an insane amount of pressure and you make no money. It's like, oh, oh yeah, I guess I could talk to somebody about that. Yeah, yeah. So I know I, we did the one and only stimulus, TM, um, and it looks like that's, yeah, yeah. Probably, that's probably all we're getting, uh, at least until January. Um, and I know that there were provisions for helping um, artists and art spaces and theaters and things like that but how you would I, i'm hoping you know more than i how well did that work <laughs> or did it work oh i i do not know so the thing is i um i definitely i received a stimulus check mm. for sure i bet that that was way more connected to the fact that i have worked in many service industries over the fact that I'm an artist. I am positive that any assistance I've gotten from the government is because of the many different employments I have held in this great capitalistic situation we have going on. Over, you know, the Schedule C small business that I file under for when I make, you know, s small amounts of money for uh, music. 
I wasn't ever trying to file for unemployment as an artist for sure because I live with my parents I'm not paying rent I kind of like am in a pretty fortunate place financially actually compared to the vast majority of artists for sure and I definitely wasn't in a position where I was really hurting to not take like unemployment or like provisional <clears throat> support for that was like put put aside for artists like I just didn't feel like I needed it and so it seems like I should you know not do that okay. um, and then I did get a job actually I work at a chocolate shop in Rochester oh, yeah okay. so I'm a shop girl you know okay. so, so I'm doing fine financially and I I continue to not pay rent at my parents' house. So, you know, I'm just trying to, that's honestly the other reason why I'm continuing to put off my move to LA is because it's like, oh, do I want to keep quarantining rent-free or do I want to start paying LA rent right, and staying right. and not doing anything? It's a fair uh, reason, yeah. Well, especially if you can't do most of the things you were going to, to LA to do. Yeah. No, I can't like meet new people. I can't, you know, collaborate in person with people. Yeah. I mean, I really want to see like the very good friends that I have who live there. It's definitely like it. I kept saying like, oh, the election is my blackout date. Or like after that happens and we know how that shakes out, I'll like have a little more information about my life and how to plan things. But like the way things are just now, it's like, yeah, things are, like, a little bit better, and I definitely will still be able to move and, like, do my plans and everything, but the timeline of it is still super fuzzy because, you know, oh, yeah, vaccine, but, you know, we definitely have to go into lockdown, like, right now, probably, because everyone's been bad, so we wow. should probably lock it down to keep things safe, and so it's like, ooh, does it well, make that much sense to move? So, yeah. Uh, so, I, I'm curious... Uh, you know, it, what do you think about this? Because you play live shows and, and stuff like that. Um, do you think we're ever going to go back to, like, full-on crowded dance bars? Uh, dance bars. God, I sound like I'm... <laughs> dance bars. Yeah, you know, your kids in the dance bars. Uh, but, you know... Are we you know, have like, a mashed potato again? <laughs> right. Like, what's... Because uh, I think this is going to be, like, our generation's Great Depression, right? It's going to change us fundamentally in ways that, like, our grandchildren are going to be like, that's really weird. Are people just going to forget this and go back to, like, you know, crowded, half-naked gay bar EDM? Or, like, <laughs> is that just gone now? I mean, I I have a hard time... I mean, I think it's going to be a splintering. I think it's going to be a continuation of like, yeah, maybe some people will go back to that. And I don't know, but I, but I can't imagine that the, that the mainstream is not going to adjust to a model of, you know, music that, it, that at least still supports the kind of pay structure that they're used to. Like, that's that's the main thing that moving forward is still such a question mark within the live performance industry, as I understand it from, you know, mainly secondhand stuff, because it's like, I'm not, you know, I don't I don't know everything. But it's like, yeah, from what I'm what I'm hearing from people is it's like, they're really like, you, there are, you know, different people who are innovating in things and you see things overseas about these different like, pods and like the, you know, the festival that they had where different people had their own little like platforms that they were on oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, and so you see different things about that and like these drive-in concerts and things like that and those are great and I and I, I definitely can see some version of the old model surviving through like those kinds of means I mean in terms of live performance oof I I'm excited about the prospect you know it's it's kind of like slightly bleak like in the capitalist like standpoint like the the, the side of me that's critical of that is a little like oof. but I do really love the idea like kind of hearkening back to my like 
uh, immersive theater days. Like, I do really love the idea of, like, a concert experience that is created for a small audience, maybe three people. <laughs> or, like, it's something where it's, like, a walking tour where you walk through, like, a forest and you come across different performances. And because everybody's distanced from each other, it's, like, a little more safe like because you know even after the the vaccine for covid like comes through or whatever like so, there's it's gonna mutate there's gonna be something else like it i do kind of feel like being ready for a pandemic at any second is gonna like be kind of the new normal and so starting to imagine things that like are actually an evolution of the way that we experience live music and live performance that's not just cramming as many people as you possibly can into one place. Um, I, I think that that's like interesting to explore outside of, you know, the need for like COVID precautions too. I think that's just a cool thing to explore, but it does mean that the cost of seeing a performance will go up. Like right. a few, it's going to become so elitist to yeah. see like it already is elitist to see live performances and it's going to become even more so that. So that's the real challenge is like, how does that kind of thing? Because yeah, the reason why I don't really, you know, you don't see me like doing a whole lot of immersive theater these days is because I found that like theater and like experimental theater was like super elitist and like it was difficult to like reach people and to make it something that was accessible to people. But now everything says on its head and you're like, it's the idea of accessibility is entirely different. Like, you know, it kind of does have to be about the internet and about, about reaching people. Like, yeah, it's kind of like ironic that it's like, we need to all stay away from each other, but like all of the things that have made our society global like have made this such a deadly pan pandemic but it's also like that's our like our fate <laughs> like we have to continue with like the the zoom and the you know being global with anybody anywhere in the world because we literally just can't be with anybody in person at all <laughs> like it's i i feel like it's gonna be like various different splintered combinations of like different levels of that like super specialized private performances or like ways to make it accessible to anyone anywhere in the world like i think all of these like um twitch stream festival and like minecraft perform like you know all of these like in internet universe games mm -hmm. like twitch streamers and like people who I like I literally I'm sounding like a grandma talking about this because I really it's not my world and everything but like you know people who play among us and all of that they that there are so many musicians who are like playing online festivals and online concerts and things like that and who was it some huge oh god who was it some huge pop star maybe it was Travis Scott or something like Travis Scott played a concert in Fortnite or something like that. Like oh, it's things yeah. like that. Like, like things like that. That's gonna be like the future of like mass produced like pop stars. Yeah. And the question really for me is that's a little more interesting is how do smaller artists like plan festivals and make things that can yeah. actually like appeal to like smaller audiences and not be necessarily like thing that can be streamed to everyone everywhere in the world i was gonna say that seems really bad for like local artists too because like i'll go see a like ten dollar show at whatever bar because it's friday and why not but i don't know that i'd watch any of those people do like a Fortnite concert or like yeah. a zoom concert or anything like that i mean i haven't seen any any of these big artists like do their streamed concert i haven't like bothered to go see that because yeah everything 
being streamed online kind of like I don't know it's like it's all it's like democratized you're kind of like oh it's kind of all the same isn't it <laughs> like I don't know I guess it's kind of bleak I don't know <laughs> well I wonder what going forward if music videos will play a bigger role because I could see if you can't go to a concert you might not go to a live stream mm. but you might start watching like YouTube music videos True, which yeah. like I think are often like wonderfully experimental films basically I yeah. also am like a huge music video fan I think they're underutilized now that MTV is is for dinosaurs Mm-hmm. But I think, and, and also this is like a, a lead up to, I think you pull off really beautiful, like immersive kind of fantasy music videos. And so maybe that could be an interesting way forward. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, I I hope that that's what this means. I hope that means that everyone gets like even more into music videos. Um, I, I love like... Um, video content that is married to like I I like Lady Gaga I just I don't know I I'm not like a total like Lady Gaga stan but I just have to kind of like respect her for like some of the things that she's made like I think some of her music videos are just I don't know, create like not even uh, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it because like something about them is like kind of cringe, but like perfect, like <laughs> absolutely. I mean, perfect. is that just camp? I guess so. Yeah, I guess that's what it that's is. Like but, a perfect cringe. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. But I I did really liked the way that she like handled her album release being like this thing that was super super planned to be this in person album release, and then she kind of had to retool it to be uh you know what it was. And I thought she did such an amazing job, and like all of the accompanying videos and stuff were like really cute and like I don't know. It just reminded it reminded me of Plant Me Here, like the um artistic collective that I was a member of back in Philly and it was just like free collaboration and just like throwing ideas together and smashing up ideas and like that was like so special and whenever I get kind of like a whiff of that from like really big artists it makes me really happy (laughs) and it just makes me like oh you were just kind of like yeah like oh these are the colors of like all of this trauma and shit I've been through and I'm just gonna like splash them around and make some videos and make some stuff and like I don't know it just makes me so happy when I see artists like doing like that and being brave and trying different things like that and she's just like been one of the most consistent artists that I've like seen do that yeah yeah no it's like I, I'm I am really excited to start filming this project with um Alan in LA because it's gonna be interesting to see like <laughs> how that that kind of idea of like yeah I'm gonna like try a, try out a bunch of different ideas and collaborate with this person to like create an experience online that that is trying to be immersive and like about um this song in this fantasy world that I've created like through sound but I'm going to do everything inside my house and I'm going to film it like on my iPhone. And like, I'm the only person who's actually in the room, like making everything happen. And like, Alan's going to really help me and like plan out all the shots and everything. But you know, it is me at the end of the day. So I'm like very, very excited to see how that translates like, um, and how that transforms the vision for my stuff. Because yeah, the, the videos I've made in the past have been so like, okay, let's try and, do some big fantasy element here, like with animation or makeup or something like that. And it's going to be, it's still going to be fantastical, but it's going to be different. Cool. Yeah. Oh man. Well, and I want to say, didn't you win like an award for one of your videos? I think we placed in a Romanian film festival. I think that's what it was. I think we w- we were shown at like Romanian film festival. Yeah. Yeah. That was the video I shot in Chicago with uh, Lane Marie Williams, who also just moved to LA. And yeah, I don't know, maybe I think she and I might collaborate on something again in the future. I am, I am like the, you know, part of me is like, just like everybody else. I want things to go back 
to the way they were. <laughs> like, I want to be able to be out in LA with yeah. all of the people who I know who are out there. And I want to be able to collaborate in person with people and make these videos and, and all of that. So, yeah, I mean, I hope, I hope, like, I hope we can figure it out. It's so, like, it's so weird. It's so weird. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you say. It's so weird. <laughs> the, the vaccine's coming. It'll one day yeah. we will hopefully be done with this. But um, microchip, please. Yeah. Why can't we be microchipped? <laughs> uh, but in in the meantime, uh, where can folks find you? They can uh, find me on Instagram at Gracie underscore so beautiful. Um, on Spotify, Gracie Martin, and. I am on TikTok now. My at is Grandma Gorgeous. <laughs> and yeah, I'm going to start posting music content there at some point right now. I'm just posting stupid shit. And I'm having so much fun. I actually, you know, I was like, oh my God, I'm just like, I'm only going to get a TikTok so I can like try and go viral with my music. And like, I am so far away from going anywhere near viral <laughs> with anything. But, and I haven't made any content about my music. I've just been, like, having fun, like, watching TikToks and participating in trends and stuff. So, so well, yeah, one day I'll start posting music stuff there. But for right now, I'm just posting fun. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on. It was really yeah. cool talking to you. Of course. Thanks for having me. This was great. This was super, super fun, super chill. Well, thanks very much, Gracie yeah. Martin, everybody, and, uh, you know, stay safe, and uh, hopefully we stream all... Stream on Spotify? Yes, stream her music on Spotify, follow her on TikTok, and... Um, watch that music video. Watch that music video. Oh, yeah, Gracie yes. Martin Music on YouTube, that's who I am, but yeah. I think you'll figure it out if you've gotten to any of the other pages. I trust you, I think you'll... <laughs> yeah, well, we'll link, we'll link it all in the description here, but yeah, thank you again so much, and... Uh, Stay safe, and we'll hopefully see each other all next year.